you did. You did an excellent job. Uh, hey, a couple of announcements, and then we'll let the, the children eat too. I have uh, uh, just a word, actually. It's, it's a unique word. I felt the Lord uh, call me just to speak on Psalms 32 and uh, part of David's wisdom on the effects of sin. I have this other theme that's just burning in my heart, and I think he's just putting the the uh, reins on it and holding it back, but I'm sure it'll it'll come out. Father, I ask that you would touch our heart with your spirit right now. God, as, before we, we go into the word, Lord, I ask that our hearts would open up to receive the truth that you would speak. God, I ask that only my lips would speak truth. Father, only what you want us to hear and say. God, I ask that that there to be anointing upon my preaching, but there would be anointing upon our hearts to receive it this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. How's everybody doing before I start? It's been a long winter, hasn't it? Oh, man. I don't... There we go. Everything passed. Just maybe not as quick as we want it to. That's what we should be praying for. And we're going to look at the life of, of David. David, I, I, David is one, I, I love David. He is one that really brought the presence of God into a city. He was a young shepherd boy, you know, really the outcast. He's just out in the fields, the little guy, really not known. But he was just developing this worshiper's heart. I mean, he's becoming radical in that season. And God used him for so many things. I mean, just the, the testimony of David as he began to just triumph over the enemies. And he began, most of all, bringing the presence of God. He came into a nation. He came into a nation that wasn't really seeking the Lord. I mean, they fell away from the Lord under King Saul. And he comes up. King Saul's trying to kill him. And he's got the soldiers after him. And David... He's this young man that's just, he's steady in the Lord, and, and he protects him. He actually anoints him as king, and he ushers the very presence of God into the city, and he really changes Israel. He changes that country, that nation, for the Lord. I mean, he actually, he, he sets up this ground for his son Solomon to have one of the strongest uh, 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 rules, kingdoms, that was ever uh, the history of, of Israel, and this is from a shepherd boy. And so I love David's heart, but, but what I really like about David, the best thing about David is that he was a sinner. I don't know why. You know, it, it's one thing when he does all of these huge things like Elijah and all these guys, but it's another thing when you can relate to him. <laughs> and so out of all of the achievements, I say, you know what, David was a man just like us. David was, was a sinner, and I, and I almost feel bad for David because he did so many things, but probably the thing that's preached the most is about his failure and his sin. But the reality of it is that we can relate to him. We can connect to him, and he wasn't disqualified. It actually said that, that David, that God said that he was a man after God's own heart. This was David, that because he did the will of God, the desires of God. That's, that's what he said in Acts. He said that I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all of my will. And so he had all of these achievements. But here we grab Psalms 32. What's unique about Psalms 32 
as David and, and his achievements, he had you know, thousands of soldiers trying to take his life. There was times where, where life and death was at the balance in just minutes with David, and he had all of these things that was, was after him. I mean, he had kingdoms turning um, on him. And, and here's this guy that's in hiding. He's, he's going all over the, the, the nation for his life. And he comes to this Psalms 32. And the thing that he begins to declare in the Psalms was not the pain of the nations coming after him. He said that that's not what caused his soul to have sorrow. It wasn't even uh, the sickness and the, the pressure and the trials. He said this. He goes, here's the thing that began to, to, to eat me up from the inside, and it was his sin. It was the hidden sin. And this is a unique word for me to preach, but I want to look at the impact of sin when it's hidden in our hearts. Because this was David. He's, he's writing the Psalms as a Christian, right? He's writing the Psalms. He's fearing God, and he's saved, but he said there's this time in his life where he had this hidden sin, and it began to destroy and eat him up. The impact of it was worse than the nations chasing him down. Look at this. Let's read this. Psalms 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, uh, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. He says, but when I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all the day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Says, but I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you. In a time when you may be found, surely in a flood of great waters... They shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I love this because this last statement is like a prophetic statement about walking with the Holy Spirit in this hour. He says, I will guide you as a believer. My Holy Spirit will guide you. He says this, but begin to respond. Do not. Be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with the bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteousness, you righteous, and shout for joy, all upright in heart. Now here's the thing, we'll, we'll break this down in a moment, but David he said right here in the beginning, the significant part, I, I, I believe, I'm taking this Psalms as a series of, of um, seasons in a believer's life. So the first one, he says this, he goes, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there's no deceit. David, uh, at that, that time where he is born again, us, at that time that we're born again, we see, you know what sets a heart on fire for God? What, what causes someone to be radical is when they realize the gift that Jesus is to us. When, when we can realize and we can see, and, and it just 
kind of becomes our story. And, and, and we just easily, oh yeah, you know, Jesus died for us on the cross. But when we realize the impact of him dying on the cross, that he changed our eternity, that, that yeah, that, that we can actually sing the song that we sang because Jesus died for us and he's removing the sins. Now, now this, I'm looking prophetically in, into our day and, you know, David then where the sin was being covered. But Jesus, he paid for our sin. This is the first thing David said. It's like he's contemplative. He's, he's looking at, he's thinking about these things. It's in his heart. This theme is in, he said, blessed extreme joy is the one that sees that, that his sins have been forgiven, that, that his path, your eternity, once to hell has been shifted to heaven, to live with him forever. The very price of sin, which is death, eternal death, he said, has been taken away. He says, we, we, have, to, we have to come with this reality. And then the spirit has no deceit. Your new creation, your new man, is with, it's pure and spotless. This is who you are. This is what we've been talking about in our series. This is who you become because of Jesus, not because you did something. It's because you came to him and you said, I'm broken and wicked and I want to follow you. And look at, when, when we see this, David's heart became radical. This is, what's, this is what's burning in my heart right now is that we would become radical. That, that no longer would we just kind of go, no longer would I just kind of go through the steps of Christianity and begin to preach the word. Here's, here's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm looking at this today because my heart is so on fire for the Lord. I, I, I'm looking at the scripture and I'm saying, I'm not, I'm preaching the messages, Lord, but am I doing what I'm preaching? No longer do I want to say something and not do it. No longer do I want to read the word of God and say, yeah, that's great, and my heart's on fire, but there's no action happening after it. And so I'm, I'm sitting all week before the Lord, and I'm just reading the word and saying, you know what, I, I, I really don't want to preach unless I'm going to do it. I, I really don't. I want to grab the word and say, this is really how I should live. I'm looking at my life and I'm saying, it's not even biblical. I, I, I want to be on fire for the Lord and do the things. He said this, he's after his own heart, right? He, he's a man that's after my heart, and he did the will of the Father. That we would actually respond to our heart that's on fire, and we would begin to do the things that are in the Bible. Amen. And that, that's where I'm at, I'm, I, and, and we'll look at it. I, I no longer do I want to be a man of mixture. I, I, I don't want to be living half for my kingdom and half for God's kingdom. And my schedules and my time and, and my resources don't even allow, the way that I've lived my life doesn't even allow me to have a biblical lifestyle right now. I, I can't even do the things that the Lord calls me to because I've given myself so much to the kingdom of this world rather than to the kingdom of God. And I just feel like right now is the time that I would lay those things down and say, God, I will live for you fully no matter what the cost is. If you say I need to feed the orphans and take care of the widows, I'm going to do it no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice of my own kingdom, but I would live for you solely. Amen. His heart's on fire, and I, and I think part of this is just seeing what Jesus did for me. 
I mean, if we look at it, and we've heard it, but we were orphans, and, and he took us in. We were lost and broken. No matter what age, I was saved at a young age and, and recommitted my life at an older age. But, but in this, he just he brings us, he, he sees us, and he says, I will, Jesus, I will give up. He goes, I'm leaving the throne room, <laughs> and I'm coming for you. I'm leaving the mansion and, and, and the presence of God where, where you know, he, he's just captured my heart. There's all glory. There's no pain. There's no sickness. He says, I'm, I'm leaving all of that, and I'm entering into your world because I care so deeply about you. His heart's so broken, and, and, and I just feel the Lord shouting. You know, he's, he's, he's speaking to me, and he's saying, you know, it's, it's time. It's, it's time. Sacrifice really... It's okay, because that sacrifice is a living sacrifice that's pleasing to the Lord. This is not my message. I'm, this is not what I was supposed to preach. You don't know how many times I've said I'm not going to preach that, because it's just so raw in my heart. Right? It, it, you're, you're getting a picture of what I'm dealing with right now, and I know it's, it's, a, it's a mess. I, I understand that. Beloved, I, I, I want all of us just to go for it, really. And, and I want to go for it. I don't want, I don't want to preach it again, and, and then next week there's no evidence and fruit of it. I, I, I just, I want to, this is what the Word says. I've just been reading Matthew and looking at what Jesus said. I said, okay, every time Jesus says, you know, to do something, I'm going to do it. I mean, he, he starts with our character and, and the Beatitudes, and and he says, okay, let's work on character. But I really want to respond. I really want to purify my character. And he says, okay, now you're a light unto the earth. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, as my character shifts, I become this bright light. But then he says, do fasting, prayer. Begin to serve those in need. He says, when you're persecuted, don't retaliate, but bless them. I mean, really, it, it, things that I don't really agree with. Amen. I, I mean, it, I'm just being real. God, I would not do it that way. But, but his word is truth. And it's really, it's, there, there's no fault in this word of God. There's no mistake. He, he never made one mistake in this whole Bible. Every prophecy that could come true has come true. And I've said, I, I want to live this. I, I, I really want to really do this. I, I don't want to be about increasing my own kingdom, even uh, in the, the idea of, of making the church larger. That's, that's, that's not the goal. We want to live for a kingdom of God where, where the kingdom of God becomes larger. Amen. I'm going to keep going until I, I'm just, here's a picture the Lord gave me. I shared it Wednesday. And it's, 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 it's raw. It's, it's kind of, but it's, it's to me. So take it if, if it retain, if it, if it's for you too. I, I, I just saw this box. I was driving home actually from a conference that we had. And Mike was, Burnside was telling me something. Sorry, Mike, because I missed it. I was looking at this little idea of this box. And, and what I saw was people in this, this box, me, right? And, and in that, there's lots of provision given. And he said, yeah, I give you enough for your food plus 10 people. You know, I've, I've given you enough for, 
And we kind of I, I just saw the, that little kingdom right there, that house and, you know, more things and just stuff building up. And I'm not against things. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I just saw all of this happening. And then I looked at the other side of the box. And that one had uh, just enough to feed half of its family. It, it, didn't, it didn't quite have enough. And I just, we, we, we get it. We look, we look at that box and we'd say, that is crazy. Why would they continue to live in their isolated little spot and bless me type mentality while the other one is in need and is starving? There's 13,000 orphans in Michigan and about the same number of churches. <laughs> Here, and here I am. I, I, I hope I, I don't want to put this on you, but here, I'm calling us into a new reality that says sacrifice is okay. Because there's hungry people. There's a kingdom that wants to be, do justice in a city and in a country. And, it, and it's going to disrupt our life. There's going to be things that shift. It's not easy. He didn't. He never. Jesus never said that. He said, "I'll give you joy in it. My face will shine upon you, and I'll give you blessings and provision." But it's not easy. He said, "It's not easy." He actually called it death. He said, "You have to die to live for Him." He said, "Actually, that's what Christianity is: is that we would die to our our ourself, right?" And we would pick up His cross and follow Him because why? That's what He did for you. That's what he did for me. He began to lay his life down and go to the depths that we would live. And so he's saying, Mark, that, that's, that's what I want you to do. That's how I want you to live. This life is temporal. Trust me. <laughs> that's, I, if you look at the letters in Revelation, he's saying it's just temporal. He says, this, this life, he says, I'm the true faithful witness. He's, he's reassuring us. He said, I've been in both, your temporal world and the eternal world, and I'm going to merge them, but trust me, you have about 70 to 90 years, 100 if you're lucky, and, and he's, the average life is 77, I'm sorry. And eternity is forever. 70 in the, in the third world country, so stay in, stay in America. It's temporal. It, it's, it's uh, one thing I can assure you, <laughs> this life will end. This age will end, but eternity won't. Eternity will never end. And it's time that our hearts are awakened to our, eternity, our eternal destiny rather than the temporal destiny that we have. It's, it's time that we begin to work for a kingdom that will never fade. A kingdom that will never end instead of working for a kingdom that shortly is going to fade and end. Well, that's, that's what he says. Store up your treasures, not, not where that's just going to begin to corrode and fall apart. He says, store up your treasures and things that will last forever. How are we doing? Are you guys with me? Did I just bring you into my own mess? 
Good, because that's actually, I don't know why the Lord had me do these notes. I'm not on them now. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this looks different for each one of us. There's no judgment in this. I, I don't look and say, oh, you know, you have this and your time has looked like this, so, so therefore you're not following God. You know, I, I, we're done with that. What's the Lord saying to us, and are we, are we responding to it? I mean, that's, that's what David was saying. He said, look at, he goes, I, I, the Holy Spirit, in, in verse 9, says, I will guide you. He says, I want, I want to bring you into the realities of the kingdom. I want to do this. He said, but, but don't be like a mule. <laughs> he said, when the Lord begins to, to stir your heart with something, he says, don't resist all the time. Don't, don't, you're like, you, ha- you have to be like bridled. He said, just begin to follow. Trust what he's doing because this is actually the blessed lifestyle. He says, because that's what the righteous do and they will rejoice in it. That, that life, although it it's, seems hard and, and there's, there's hard things about it. And we look at the next one and we say, man, they just seem to be enjoying life and those things and but he says this is actually the blessed lifestyle so this is actually there's joy in the midst of living for me a sacrificed selfless lifestyle this is but but in the midst of that the way we walk that out is going to be different between each one of us it's, it's not about how big our house is. It's not about, you know, what car we drive. It's not about, it's about what the Lord is speaking to you. But here, here's the thing. I've had so many excuses why not to feed the poor. I've, I've had so many excuses, you know, on, on why I shouldn't do foster care. I've had so many excuses on why I, I shouldn't spend my time on behalf of the hungry and, and those in need. And, and I look back and I say, Look, I've had so many excuses. I haven't, I haven't done any of them. And clearly, the Bible says, this is what you should do. Said so Isaiah 58, he says, you're seeking me with all of your heart and you're praying and you're fasting. He says, but you're neglecting to do the things of the kingdom, the heart of, the God, of our God, of our Father. He says, you're not feeding those in need. You're not doing what I did for you. Says, but when you do that, Isaiah 58, your light, my light is going to shine upon you. The glory is going to rest. And let's turn to Revelation 3. Revelation 3, he says, repent. And he's talking about of a lifestyle. There's there's sin and in our life, and and a lot of times, you know, we focus upon that, and that's good. We we don't want hidden sin in our life. That's let me preach the message I was supposed to preach for a second. The impact of sin. The impact of sin that's hidden in our life will destroy you from the inside. I, I bought a truck. My old truck had rust on it, and it was just falling apart. So I said, okay, 
I'm buying a new truck. And I, every, the first question I would ask, they had to think I was crazy. I wouldn't ask about the engine, anything else. I'd just say, does that truck have rust? <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, okay, I don't want it. Well, I found this truck. And they said, nope, nope, there's no rust. I said, oh, great, great. I get it home, and, and, you, and I checked it over. There's, there, there wasn't rust. And what they did is they painted over the rust. Okay. That eats away. Hit the, the hidden rust <laughs> that, that's not seen but it's on the inside ate the whole inside of it. Oh, a lot of mechanics right now are saying, yep, <laughs> we know that trick. <laughs> hey, so, so it's the same thing with our life. This, this hidden sin that's in our life, as, as a believer, see, I, I would say sin in a believer is almost worse than sin in an unbeliever because it's open in an unbeliever and we can, and, and we can pierce it, we can hit it. The Lord can, can touch that and begin to, to shift their hearts. But now, as a believer, we get this reputation and, and we think, you know, we got to prop ourselves up and we hide this sin inside of us. And it takes that, just that little sin that's hidden and we don't want to confess it and we don't want to go after it and we don't want to deal with it for whatever the reason is. Maybe it'll hurt the relationships we're in. Maybe because it'll break our reputation of being holy and it begins to eat us away on the inside. It begins to deteriorate us, just like, like sin would. And, and David in Psalms 32, you can look at that, because I didn't get to preach it. He said, it just began to eat away at my bones. He said, it wasn't about the armies uh, that, that was crushing me. It wasn't about all the pressure. He said, it was this sin. You know, David, and all of his victories, he had an affair. And not only had an affair, but he killed the husband of the woman. And, and, he, and the Lord said, you did this in secret. He said, and it just began to eat away at me. He said, and not only that, not only that, because sin is death, right? It produces death. This is not only that, but it, uh, it, God's hand was upon me. He said it was heavy because God wants to purge us of all sin. God, God, he said, I, God, it's one thing about being a, a believer. Praise the Lord. He says, I don't want the effects of rust in you. <laughs> I, I don't want death. I'm going to purge you. Of this sin, he begins to purge us of this sin. So we're feeling the effects of sin, and we're feeling the pressure from the Lord. But he says this: "This is the glorious thing." He said, "Oh, as soon as I repented, as soon as I acknowledged it and said this is sin, what what I've done, what I'm doing, is sin." He said, "That's what he said." You look at Psalm 32. I've acknowledged it, and it's sin. He said, and then. He said, I didn't hide myself. Because this is what sin does in a believer. It causes us to hide from God. God's not afraid of the sin. He wants to remove the sin. And here we're we're hiding and it's causing us to. And he goes, "I, I came out of hiding. I didn't hide myself anymore. I said, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. Here's what I'm dealing with. And then he began to confess it. I, I love confession of sin. Because it's, it's not just that we're, we're saying it, but the confession is that we're putting uh, action to the heart. He says, with your heart you believe, but with the, with the mouth you confess unto salvation. That, that when you confess, when it comes out of your mouth, it's like you're, a, you're held accountable to that. And I'm not saying we're confessing our sin to, to everyone. I'm saying we're confessing it to the Lord. We're saying this is sin, and I am repenting of this, and I'm warring against it. And he said, when you do that, he said, Oh, that vitality of life, the spirit just comes back alive. He said, and, you're, and, you're, and, and, and you might not overcome it right away, but he said, you're acknowledging it and you're warring against it. 
So he said, and he said, in the midst of my sin, he said, vitality left. It dried up. He's saying that spirit, that interaction, so just began to dry up in my life. Now we come into Revelation 3. And he said, here, he's talking about repentance. But you know what he's talking about? Repentance from? He's saying of a lifestyle. Uh, we have some hidden sin that we need to deal with. You don't, you don't hey, beloved, it's not worth that hidden sin for your reputation, for whatever relationships. I, I, I remember having, having to deal with this. You know, there's things that we do, even as believers. This was David as a believer. He said, it's not worth the hidden sin. He says, yeah, you know, I was known for bringing the tabernacle of David in, I was, or the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, and I was known to change uh, a nation by God's power, and I was the one dancing with joy because the presence of God was here in my underwear. He says, yeah, that's me. But then... When he, he fell into sin after that, and he said, you know, it's the reputation. And he said, you know what, it's not worth it. He says, just purge yourself of this. Get, get, open up. It's not worth uh, saving your reputation because you don't want to expose a little sin in your heart. Amen? But we get to Revelation 3 and look at this. Hey, if you're wondering how long I'm going to go, it's a lot colder out there than it is in here. I keep preaching about repentance. It'll get real warm. Oh, he said this. Let's, just, let, let's read part of this. Verse 14, 314. And the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things say the amen, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of creation of God. He's, he's, what he's saying is, amen is truly, truly. Saying this, this is the truth. I'm, I'm faithful to the word. I'm faithful to you guys. I'm, I'm really not going to lie because he's about ready to give a, a hard word. And, and he's saying, I've, I've been here from the beginning to the end. He says, you can trust me in this. He goes, I know your works. He says, you're not hot or cold. He says, I wish you were one of them. He, he, he goes, you know, I can, well, our, our burning heart that we confess, actually will produce works. Now, he's not talking about works of earning something. He's saying the product of our faith is action, right? We, we do something, and he's saying, look it, I can see clearly by your fruit. And he said this in Matthew 5. He says, I, I can see by the fruit that, that they're lukewarm. They're not burning for the Lord. And, and it's not even, and there's so many different translations of what people say cold and hot is. But I say this, they're not even cold where they're in the position of just being away from the Lord, but, but they're, they're a place of mixture. This is what I'm, this is what I'm saying about myself. It's, it's, I'm, I'm in a place of, of mixture where part of the world and the kingdom, I've mixed enough where I feel comfortable where I'm at and I'm doing some of the things to say, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm a radical Christian. But yet it's enough where when he calls me to do something, I'm so, so much, uh, my foot is in, in the world so much that I'm, I, 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 even if it's 2080, let's say we're 80% all in, but we have this 20%. It's enough when he calls me to do something, I can't do it. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of mixture. 
I'm stuck in this, this mixture where, where my schedule doesn't allow it, my finances don't allow it, that even my, my mind and, and my ability to, to reach out and do those things doesn't allow it because I've, I've lived partly for my own kingdom. It says this, so then because you are lukewarm, neither cold or, or hot, he says, it's, it's like bad coffee. I'm just, I'd rather vomit you out of my mouth. I, I, I've done this so many times, there's a little bit left in the coffee. And you drink it, and it's cold. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. The Lord said, he, he said, I, I, I'd rather vomit you out of my mind. He said, that's appalling that, that you see what I've done for you, and we still live for ourselves. He says this, because you say I'm rich, have become wealthy and I have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He's, he said, because of the provision, because of, of what here the, the church of the Laodiceans was, uh, that, that church was known for its wealth. And it could supply wool and the roads all led to it. And so it was, it was one. Did you, did you know as, as Americans, I, I'm just looking at some of these things because I'm looking at my life and I don't consider myself wealthy. At all, you know. I and but I'm comparing to the stature or, or the I'm comparing in America my wealth. <laughs> you look at the world; we're the wealthiest. We are. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to say we know where we're going. We're, it's just that just becomes a custom in us. And, and, and here's, here's what's happened to me. I've, I've been caught up in that lifestyle. And now that God is calling me to do some things, I can't do it. Because I've been caught up in a wealthy lifestyle. I've been caught up in some of these things. And now I, I can't, you know, here I, oh yeah, God, I, w- I want to do this. I want to help the orphans. I, I want to I help the widows. I want to help. And I want to I spend this time, and, and, and I can't because I've, I've just been caught up in mixture. And, he, and he's calling me to be radical, 100% sold out for God. He said this, when you do that, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire. He says, you'll, you'll be clothed now, but, but really he's looking at eternity, the age to come. He says the rewards of, of garments. He says the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. He says, and uh, your eyes will begin to see spiritually. You'll have revelation on the word when we live for the kingdom. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. There, therefore, be zealous and what? Repent. Here's this word again. He says, here, my first step in this is acknowledging that I have a life of mixture. My, my first step, if you're dealing with some personal sin, it's acknowledging this is sin and be zealous to repent. I mean, that word repent is to change the orientation of your life, to, to, to actually turn from something and grab a hold of something else to say, okay, I'm going to take the steps to turn from this lifestyle and grab a hold of the kingdom of God, of a hold of what Lord, the Lord is calling me to. 
And here, here's what I feel the Lord is saying to me. It's, and, and my steps will be a little different than your steps in this. But here, here's what I feel like he's saying. He's saying, actually do what the word calls you to do. Take it literal. <laughs> I mean, like, when he says that we give ourselves to prayer, I, I really want to give myself to prayer. When he says, give yourself to fasting, I want to give myself to fasting. When he says, feed the widows, you know, take care of the widows and the orphans. I'm, I'm really going to do that. Whatever, whatever the Lord is highlighting to you, whatever the spirit is, let's not be like the mule. See, see, he's, the mule is one, it's, it's because it's a mixture. We're, we're like, oh God, you know, uh, is that really you? And we sit on it for like five years. <laughs> is that really you? Do we, he says, no, no, let's just begin to respond to where the spirit is taking us. Let, let's really begin to do what he calls us to do. Amen. I love you guys. Great church. Buttering you up now. If you'll stand with me. I just want to become radical. That's that's what it boils down to. I I want to I want to live for the Lord. I I don't want to be surprised uh, when I come to the throne at the end of the day. Let's just wait a moment. I feel corporately the Lord is, is, is calling us to to a David lifestyle of, of being radical. I feel the Lord is calling us to even, as I said before, change the atmosphere around us. But to change the atmosphere around us, we first have, have to be changed. As David said, that just a life of mixture. If, if there's sin in your your heart, if there's hidden sin. Take a second right now. Just let the Lord search your heart and give that to the Lord. If you feel that, it's not worth it. There's if there's things that are tucked in there, it is not worth holding on to. And I, you know, David was lost, and a lot of times we look at lust, but it's it's not lust. It, I mean, there's issues of lust, but but bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, our speech, all of these things that just become our lifestyle. It's the way that you know the Lord has highlighted it to us, but we've quenched it enough that we've silenced that voice. So let's let's just purge that from us. He may like me that, that says I, I'm looking at my life and God I want so much more I, I want to live the kingdom out I, I really want to do what the word calls me to do and I want no excuses I, I don't, I'm tired of making excuses of, of why I shouldn't or have to and we can come up with enough isolated verses from their context to say we don't need to do this but reality is the Lord says eat not, uh, he's, he's not saying that we would develop deep relationships 
with the sinners and the tax collectors. But he's saying, hey, we need to, to get in there and begin to, to eat with them and change the way culture is. He's saying that we need to feed those who are hungry. He says, no more turning away from them. He says, our, our life needs to be spent on behalf of doing kingdom works. At the forefront of that is prayer. So Lord, here we are. God, you've created a place. You've created a plan. You said you've created works beforehand for each one of us to walk out. Lord, each one, every single believer, you said you have works that are created beforehand, before salvation, that when we would become saved, we would walk these things out in light of our salvation, that we would begin to be a man and a woman of the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of earth, our own kingdom. So God, I I ask, Lord, that you would show us what those things are. And God, I ask that you would show us the things that would hinder us from walking them out. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you would like prayer for anything, I would love to pray for you.